Welcome back to the ATM at the Minute podcast. Jackson is back from the West Coast, back on Central Standard Time, and I could not be more excited. Today, we talk about Baker Mayfield stirring it up, cooking up dope with the Uzi, taking shots at Daniel Jones. It's unbelievable. That's not what we want to hear from the Browns, but that's okay. Then we get into Jalen Smith's long-term contract extension. Jimmy G forgot how to throw a football. AB's trying to dress up like a leatherhead. Patriots wide receiver outlook. Then we get into the nitty-gritty fantasy tight end draft strategies. What we think about Kelsey Kittle Ertz. Who some of our sleepers are. Check that out. Then we wrap up the show with NFL win total picks. We each have three. Listen to that. We explain why. And finally... We end it with a double hot minute, 120 seconds of hot takes. We are back. Enjoy the show. Hey yo, we are finally back from a very long layover, Delta Airlines style, but Jackson is here with me and we are here to record another podcast, so it's about time to get into it. Yeah, it's much overdue, my friend. Much, much overdue. Today we got fantasy tight ends, we got some win totals thrown in there. And we got some recent news. Yeah, we've been blessed with some with some pretty good news here. Um Man, I don't know what. Okay, so I really haven't talked to you much the last couple of weeks. What have you been up to, man? What What have I missed here? I saw you guys did a podcast without me. Listen, sounded like some good stuff. Appreciate you guys holding the fort down while I'm gone. Uh, what you been yes. up to, man? Run me through well, it real quick here. Lucas and Jordan came on last week to save the day while you were gambling your money away. Uh, and... Not away necessarily, oh, wow. but yeah. No, but I'm back in the great state of Oklahoma, my hometown right now, just kind of chilling. I know you just started school yesterday, and I'm just kind of hanging out before I start next week. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it's hotter than hell back here in Oklahoma. I hate it. Sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm not enjoying this 102 bullshit. That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and the heat index is like 110, I'm sure. Great day to have black leather interior, let me tell you. Got out of class about 45 <laughs> minutes ago. Felt awesome. I didn't even turn the AC on. It felt so good. It was pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I was oh. in Vegas. Uh, had the cross-country trek back from San Diego. Had a couple of my best friends fly out, go back with me. We went through Vegas, stayed at the Flamingo. Um I've learned that I can't gamble in casinos in Vegas. Literally not one time did I walk away with a table or walk away from a table with more money than I sat down with. I was probably ooh, probably about minus 500 in the casinos, probably about plus 300 betting on baseball. So, uh, yeah, one thing I've learned, more and more of these stick Vegas trips, stick to sports. Yeah, I had a seven-team parlay. This was like my gargantuan hit the lottery, just threw five bucks on it. Seven-team parlay, hit all six of the bets, except the damn under on the Reds and Nationals. They killed me. I was pissed, but I had a big three-teamer my last night, made me about 200 bucks, set me off right, so wasn't a bad trip. A lot of fun. There you go. That yes, sir. That pretty good. So... 
today, actually, just in the last few hours, we've gotten quite a bit of news here. Where do you want to start? Do we want to go Baker first? Do we want to talk about the Cowboys debacle saga contract scenario? Or do we want to talk about the AB situation or whatever you want to call that one? Man, I want to start with Baker Mayfield. All right, let's hear it. Let's go, baby. The Browns are super hyped this year. Everyone's excited to see him play, and they're back in the news for the wrong reasons. Baker Mayfield, I love his swagger, and I love what he stands for, but this was just nonsensical in my eyes. At the same time, I think it's fucking hilarious. I mean, I so. think it's funny. I'm glad you're not on board. Like, oh, all publicity or all publicity is great publicity. Go Baker, he's the best. Because yeah, I think. I, I mean, I I got tired of it very fast when he was at OU, but it was a little different because I was across across the street at a college that wasn't too fond of him. But I've liked him so far, but he's starting to wear me out a little bit. Do you think that? There's going to come come a time where John Dorsey and the Browns and Freddie Kitchens have to sit him down and say, Baker, shut the hell up. Or do you think that's already about to happen? That's going to happen. Does it matter? No, it's just simply noise because as long as You don't as think it's a distraction? Games, no, it doesn't matter as long as they're winning. They haven't even really played a game. And the only time the Browns have been in the headlines, besides OBJ stuff, has been Baker. Do you not think that that's going to kind of rub some guys the wrong way in the locker room and start to bother some people after a while? Them kind of thinking, you know, listen, dude, it's not just the Baker show. It's not just your team. We're here, too. Or do you not think that's really the possibility? No, I I don't think that matters at all. I think that locker room just wants a quarterback who wants to win, someone who's competitive. And we hear he's holding those receivers accountable already you know he's not afraid to speak his mind to Jarvis or Odell or whoever it might be yeah and those are those great. are the guys that matter most Jarvis and Odell honestly because if anyone's gonna have the most pull in the locker room besides him it's those two yeah but let's just throw the quote out there Baker on the Giants <laughs> drafting Daniel Jones said it blows my mind which I not really an invalid think it's statement hilarious. I agree I it's hilarious agree. And then he goes on to reiterate one of my main, you know, theories when it comes to drafting a quarterback. Draft the guy that wins football games. How hard is that? Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, both of these guys showed us they have potential in the league. As soon as they stepped foot on the field, this year it's going to be Kyler. Granted, he's like, well, that last outing was terrible. I think it's yeah, more I was gonna of a say, Cliff I don't Kingsbury know if I agree thing than a Kyler thing. I don't you don't really agree know. with my uh, I, I strategy? think you need to take a winner, but I think that's kind of changed a lot. I mean, look at Mitch Trubisky. Coming out of North Carolina, they were awful. I mean, that team was terrible. And, he only got one season, though. And he turned out to be a top quarterback taken who is now, at one point, he was leading leading Vegas and MVP bets. I mean, he had the most most action on him of all players to win MVP. He's obviously turned into a pretty good player. I agree. I don't think it should be 100%. Your, your strategy should be 100% based on how successful the guy was at the college level. We look at Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator. He was 50-3 and three okay. at Boise State, that, but he never Boise panned State. out. The point is... Daniel Jones was 17 and 19 at Duke. I know Duke's a basketball school. Shit, they're they're better than Kansas at football, but how are you going to get excited about drafting a guy that's 17 and 19? 
I, I really think it's funny that Baker said that. I agree, and I think it's funny also. But, I mean, Daniel Jones has looked pretty good so far in the preseason, but that, that's beside the point here. Did you see the OU comment about how after the Ohio State thing, uh, some guys who were quote-unquote high up within the university or however he phrased it made him apologize essentially? And then he was asked, how authentic was your apology scale of 1 to 10? And he said zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I loved it. I loved it. My, he just keeps coming with is, more stuff, man. He just likes making headlines, but I guess if you're winning football games, it can be dealt with. You can look at it both ways. You can say, oh, I'm glad he's competitive. Daniel Jones is someone I'm going to be competing against, and I want to whoop his ass. But at the same time, I don't really think you should be bad-mouthing your peers or just dogging no, people I agree. like that. But that could have been just like him trying – that could have been him just like 400 IQ trying to mind-fuck Daniel Jones and get in his head just because – that that's a quarterback he's going to be going up against in probably the next decade or so. So I thought, yeah, I thought that was funny, but I think he needs to pipe down quite a bit here pretty quick or it's, it's going to start causing issues. So another guy who needs to pipe the hell down, Antonio Brown. So he practiced today in a helmet that was, what's the word here? It was league approved. It was a helmet. He's actually supposed to be wearing. Yeah. League certified helmet. Um, Mike Mayock called him out. Years old. Yeah, I mean, not a decade old. That's good. Uh, Mayock called him out. It seemed like that was really the thing that pushed him to kind of get his shit together and get back in camp. What do you make of all this? Do you expect him to play all 16 games, be healthy, and be Antonio Brown, or do you think this is just going to be a disaster? I think he'll be on the field every game. I wouldn't say, I mean, I would never rule out. You know, him pulling some new shenanigans. He filed another grievance last night, but it didn't stop him from coming to practice today, which is a positive sign. I would bank on him being on the field. It's just, you never know. He's kind of like a ticking pipe bomb in my eyes. It, it could be something completely unrelated with the football team. It's all about AB. It's the AB show. I think yeah, he's, he's just a play. prick. I'm sorry, but he just has come across through all of these stories and all of this drama. It just has not seemed like a guy you want in the locker room. And Rich Eisen today, boy, did you see that? Because Rich Eisen lost it when he was talking about Antonio Brown. Oh, what did he say? He, I saw something about his. Like, um, I don't want to. I don't want to misquote him, but he just. I mean, like very seriously, pissed the hell off on this rant, and he was saying. He was saying, Antonio Brown, go find the guy that was coming out of a small town in Florida with no college offers, just trying to make it that worked his ass off. What happened to that guy? Why have you turned into such a pompous ass, pretty much? That was the gist of the message. And I completely agree. I mean, I think Antonio Brown's great, and he's deserved a lot of a lot of the attention and celebrity status stuff that has come with being a you know, league leading wide receiver, but at the same time, yeah, it's just always about him and it's always the AB show and he just cares how good he looks and what everyone's doing for him. It seems like the guy's a workhorse though. I, I know what Rich Eisen is saying about, you know, being that humble kid with the chip on his shoulder. He still works his tail off and we know he does. Not like he's getting out of shape or like, no work isn't the problem, but at work, he's a distraction. You know, you read the reports when he was at Steelers camp and he'd go stop practice to go run around and give high fives and sign autographs and it was just all about him. It just, yeah. he didn't give a shit if he Facebook was interrupting Live. practice, if he was being a distraction, whatever was best for him. Yeah, Facebook Live. It just, it just keeps going <laughs> and the lawsuits and the more you look into it, 
I, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I wonder mentally how the guy's doing, in all honesty, because it just seems like something's not right. As Lucas stated on our last episode, he thinks it's early onset CTE. And he's not the only one. I don't want to say that, because as someone who's had my fair share of concussions, I hope that's not the case. You know, you never want that to be the case for anyone, especially that young. If he's actually having, you know, mental issues this early into his career with a lot of, I mean, people would presume he's still got four, five, six decent years left. Man, if he's yeah. already if he's already showing early signs of CTE, that's not good. And that's, I mean, there's there's no proof behind the pudding there. There's there's no not a ton of logic to back that up other than the guy is just acting crazy and doesn't appear to be the same person he used to be and he's been wearing a 12 year old helmet while he's been playing that probably didn't protect him too well and he's got hit in the head a lot i just think of the it was perfect right when they're playing the yes. Bengals that hit in the end zone that just knocked him out cold i always that's think of exactly that exactly what i was and thinking of yeah he i mean that stuff takes a toll on you but i hope he's okay so let's At least hit perfect's on his team now yeah, that's true. At least they're not hitting each other, although they might still be in practice. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they, if they had a rumble or two. But uh, yeah. So next big piece of news here, your Cowboys. What Let's do you go. think about this signing? Not Dak, not Zeke, not Amari, but a defensive signing. What do you think about it? Oh, finally, something positive coming out of the Dallas training camp. Jalen Smith, my guy, getting that long-term deal. Let's prioritize defense, Jerry. Defense wins championships. This is the kind of stuff I love to see. Forget Dak, you know, trying to steal everyone else's money. Dak, you should be sacrificing. I know you're young, but if you want to win Super Bowls, you're going to take less money, and you're going to have more guys like Jalen Smith on that roster. It is that simple. This is such a good signing. I think they have the best linebacker duo in the league with Jalen and Leighton Vander Esch. Ah, uh, don't push it, but who's they better? Might, they might have the best young linebacking core. Yeah, I agree with that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say best in the league just yet. But for how young they are and how solid both of them are, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a nightmare for offenses the next five to ten years. Yeah, I, and I just like to point out it's a feel-good story for Jalen Smith who was likely going to be a top five pick out of Notre Dame then had right. a really bad leg injury I, but, I didn't think he'd ever be back I know there were a lot of people like myself who kind of thought this guy very well could never be the same because that injury is just not one that is easy to come back from but props to Jerry Jones he drafted him where he did and the guys come back and been everything they could have hoped for plus some mm-hmm. Field Yates pointed out on Twitter Last season, Smith played over 95% of Dallas defensive snaps, started every game, had 121 tackles, 7.5 tackles for loss, 4 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, and made the Pro Bowl, man. Sean Lee, I'm sorry, buddy. We love you as Cowboys fans, but the torch has been passed to the two youngsters. I'm so glad I never have to hear these clowns of Cowboys fans like, oh, well, if Sean Lee was healthy, we'd be 10-6 and six and in the playoffs making a Super Bowl run. <laughs> if I had to hear that for one more season, I would have lost it. Literally, I'd be Antonio Brown's CTE level going crazy. I would just completely lose it. <laughs> well, I don't really know any other Dallas Cowboys fans that live anywhere close to me. I'm surrounded by all of them. It's awful. Everyone, all my friends are from Oklahoma or Texas. 
except for the couple from Houston, they're Texans fans. But, man, everyone I know is a Cowboys fan, and I hate it. I mean, I love it when they lose, but I just hate having to hear about the Cowboys all the time. So with that being said, I'm going to change the subject here. One last piece of news I forgot about. Demarius Thomas has Uh been taken off of the physically unable to perform list and practiced in pads today. What do you think about that? First Josh Gordon, now Demarius Thomas. Yeah, that offense is starting to look, look pretty look pretty scary. Good news for New England. I don't think Thomas is going to have any fantasy relevance, but in back-to-back or two two days out of three, you hear you got Demarius Thomas, former Pro Bowler, coming back, and then Josh Gordon is eligible to play this year. We don't know right. when he'll step on the field. But that's very positive news for a team that doesn't really need it. I think yeah, those those two things are massive. Um, Josh Gordon coming back, in my eyes, took their receiving core from relatively lackluster, probably bottom five or ten in the league, to about average, middle of the table, and then you add a healthy Demarius Thomas to that also, and now they're looking at a pretty solid wide receiver core that could be top five or ten in the league potentially. You know, I think they'll have a lot of reliable guys. Edelman is the poster boy for reliable wide receivers Definitely. on the field. But I don't think they're going to be putting up those explosive Patriots seasons like they did with Randy Moss. Tom Brady's not going to be You think the offense anywhere. will be better or worse than last season? I think it'll probably be better. I and think I know just they kind of they transformed during the season into a power run team. I think they're going to stick with that kind of mantra with Sony Michelle. I think they're going to run him into the ground. That's going to happen. Too. I Bill think Bill Belichick too. is prepared to do so. And they brought Burkhead back. Still got James White. Bring in Damian Harris, third round out of I Alabama. Forgot they drafted him. Yeah, they they're just stacked on offense. They have weapons everywhere, and they drafted in, in Keel Harry. However, is it Nikhil or Enkeel? Nikhil. All right, sorry. I'm not very educated, so I'm still in school. So, but yeah, they they took a couple guys, offensive picks that aren't that Patriot-like to me. Mm -hmm. Um, They got an undrafted uh, rookie out of North Carolina State, Jacoby Myers, who has been just light years better than Nikhil Harry in training camp, and he's been impressive in the preseason too. That's another. You think he'll get any game this year? I do, yeah. There's okay. Reports say he's probably going to make the team, so that's just another name to watch. You know, the Patriots are always going to find someone to step up. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's the Belichick system. It's just plug and chug and go. Uh, one thing I want to see here. Imagine this, all right? Hear me out. What mm-hmm. if Edelman, so what if he got back on the PEDs, he put on about 50 pounds, and he became the smallest tight end in the league, replaced Gronk. <laughs> Imagine Edelman as a tight end. The dude would just be like a little 5'8", 280-pound tank just running people over. And I actually think he could do it. Yo, know, that'd be interesting. I'd, he I'd would rather be the first him. ever midget tight end. It would be like a new position just for him. Like You would, it, you would just have to classify him as something entirely new. Even like fantasy-wise, you'd have to make a new position. And he could just start a whole new trend of these like fullback tight ends who are just tanks but sure-handed guys who can still block and get off the line. Dude, I mean, imagine that. Imagine, uh, imagine Gronk six, six inches shorter, just way tougher. 
I love that idea. I think he could be like a little Taysom Hill. You know, he played quarterback <laughs> at Kent State. Yeah. See him line up at Put tight Edelman end, in the line up cat. in the backfield. Yeah, let him just bulldoze people and, you know, pull it back and run it or pull it back and throw it if he needs to. Let's put him in the backfield with James White and just confuse that. Should hell we just out retire Brady early and let Edelman take over as quarterback and tight end and he replaces Brady and Gronk and becomes the new Patriots? <laughs> we'll roll with that. Our boy Andrew Hardy might have something to say about that. He might yeah. have already thought that one through on us. Now, sp- speaking of uh, former Patriots, Jimmy Garoppolo sucks ass. That What's was going bad. On there? I watched that last night. And not even on the field did he look bad. On the sidelines, he looked bad. He looked awkward. He looked confused. He looked like he just ate a 300-milligram edible, and he never smoked weed in his life, and he was just looking around like, okay, so football, I throw it. I throw it to the guys in gold and red. And his reaction time was just so slow, man. It was like he was just foggy in the pocket because three of the six passes he threw should have been picks. One was, but three of them should have been picks, and one should have been ran back for a TD. One was just a pick six. It couldn't be more obvious. It was, it was tough to watch. He it was, was tough one for six with zero yards and a pick. That's pretty solid. Granted, I never was- thought I never thought I would say this, but one for six with zero yards and the pick is probably, <laughs> probably tells a better story on numbers than he actually looked like on on the field to the eyes like the eye test and the paper test on paper he looked better at 0 for 6 with a pick than he did to my eyes (laughs) i see what you're saying there yeah that didn't come out very clean wasn't wasn't really painting the picture i wanted but he was awful awful no he was yeah he did look lost he was probably thinking about kiara mia and not completing the ball for a first down um, I do you think he might have been in with uh, Bob Kraft? Do you think he might have been part of the whole uh, massage parlor deal? He seems to have a I liking. I have no for... idea why he would be out there, but I wouldn't put it by him. I don't know. I could see the massa- this whole massage parlor thing. I could see that being shut down playing a role as to why he's so bad. He can't get. Jimmy he can't G get was us... the other big name. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, forget Donnie Trumpet. It might have been Jimmy G. And Jimmy G's not getting his happy endings, and that's why he's no good anymore. Or Michael Rubin. He's friends with Bob Kraft. Could have been him. Or, yeah, or maybe we, even Meek. I think we need to get a list of top ten most likely people who are in the massage parlor with Bob Kraft. I think we should have that as a segment on our next episode. Down. Let's do it. All right, cool. So let's let's talk some real news here because I've been a jackass for this whole episode so far. You want to talk a little fantasy tight ends? We've touched on some quarterbacks. We've touched on wide receivers, running backs. It's time we show the big boys at tight end some love. Yes, this is really why we're recording this episode. So let's just get right into it. How do you want to go about it? Uh, I'll give you kind of my logic on tight ends, and then you can walk me through how you feel about them this season. Good with that? Okay. What's your draft strategy? Fantasy tight ends this year. My draft strategy is let them fall to you. Don't reach on a tight end unless you just have a hard-on for Kelsey or Ertz, maybe. But I think there's really three guys at the top. You have Kelsey, you have Ertz, and you have Kittle in that order for me. And then after that, I think there's a massive drop-off. After those three, I'm waiting till the end of the draft. And at that point, I'm looking at guys like Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, Jimmy Graham, David Njoku, Trey Burton. Those are... 
I like those guys just as much as the four, five, six, seven, that range of guys, the OJ Howards, the Evan Ingrams. I don't like those guys. I say stay away from them. And, you know, your fourth, fifth, sixth round, don't draft a tight end. You can get a running back or wide receiver, running back or wide receiver that you could start, wait on tight ends unless you get one early of the big three. Yeah, and I disagree with your top three. You said Kelsey Ertz Kittle. Correct? Yeah, you're wrong. I know you think Kittle's better than Ertz, but you're wrong. Now, I'm going to point it out again. George Kittle led the NFL in yards after catch. This is why I like his upside over Ertz. Ertz caught 116 passes last year. He's already said in the media that's not going to happen again. Dallas Goddard's going to have a bigger role. They brought in Deshaun Jackson. There's so many targets on that offense. I don't see how he's going to replicate that season. He's going to be a great player. He's the best option, though. He's the best option on that offense by far. Yeah, he's probably Wentz's favorite target. I think Wentz loves Ertz. I think, yeah, they're probably best buddies off the field. Uh, Maybe not because I've heard a lot of people don't like Wentz, but... I like Wentz over, or sorry, uh, Ertz over Kittle. No, I think Kittle is a uh, he's he's still young, he's still getting better, and if Jimmy Garoppolo is the player he's supposed to be, Kittle's say, sure I'm not, fire. I'm not so sold on Jimmy G anymore after last night. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, his stock took a little hit after watching Jimmy last it's night. It's one preseason but... game though, and it was his first. It was the first yeah. time he'd been. On it's the an overreaction. Year. It's a complete overreaction, and I'm I'm being sarcastic about half the stuff I say. But regardless, though, if Jimmy Garoppolo's terrible, Nick Mullins was the best rookie quarterback last year. Let's That's... throw him back in there, and Kittle's going to be right there again. He's going to be Hey, Mullins looked Ernst. decent last night. He looked way better than Garoppolo. He's their number three, which is crazy to think that he was starting behind for Trump last season. Yeah, behind Bethard. But uh, I don't know with Garoppolo coming back. I don't know if that's going to affect the chemistry with Kittle. I don't know if maybe targets go down because maybe him and Kittle just don't have the chemistry that Kittle did with Mullins and Bethard and whoever else the 49ers threw in there at certain points throughout the year. Uh-huh. But you could also, you know, you could also hit the other side of the argument and say, well, they're going to have, or they should have a better quarterback now. Shouldn't Kittle's numbers go up, but I just can't see them going up after last season. I think they have to go down next year or this year, essentially. Well, I don't think we're ever going to agree on this one. Just know that Kittle's going to... Oh, yeah. We're, we're a making bet? a bet out of this. Yeah, how about a little side bet here? Yes. Let's go. I think Kittle will finish the season above Zach Ertz as far as fantasy tight ends go. Okay. You can have Ertz. That's great. That's perfect. Uh, we can we can figure out money after we're not no longer uh, on the air here, but... <laughs> What do we want on terms here? So fantasy points, and then I was thinking if one of them misses more than four games, we throw it out. No, I think if there's any kind of injury like that, then we just throw it out. Okay, any injury where they miss more than two consecutive weeks, we throw it out. How does that sound? Yeah, no. I mean, they have to have a full season. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Can't be banking on that nonsense. But uh, So where do you like Kelsey? Because Kelsey's a consensus top tight end. Where are you looking to draft him, and then where are you looking to draft those other two? Because I know you don't like taking any of those other guys until late. 
So where are you kind of thinking about drafting these three? Kelsey is a second rounder for me. I think it kind of depends on who's left on the board when you're picking. But, you know, let's say you have the 14th or 15th pick and there's not a wide receiver or running back on the board that you're in love with. Sure, take Kelsey. He's going to be the best tight end in the league. It's a competitive advantage. I'm huge on competitive advantages, reason why I'm so big on Mahomes and Kelsey. Just because I think if you have the best quarterback or the best tight end, you have the leg up on your opponent every single week. And I love Kelsey, second rounder to me. Ertz I have as a third rounder. Kind of like I was saying, it really just depends on who you like and who's fallen to you in front of him, if anybody's great. Mm-hmm. If you have someone sitting there, if you're picking in the third round and James Conner or Mike Evans or someone like that that you happen to be really high on is still sitting there, don't take a tight end. Take that guy. Get your solid running back or solid wide receiver. But if you're not in love with anybody and Ertz is sitting there third round, take him. Absolutely. He'll be the second best tight end. Not third. Second. And then I like Kittle in the fourth round. I probably won't take Kittle in any leagues unless he falls to the fifth or sixth round. But I don't know. It Like I've been saying, it really just depends on who's left on the board. Yeah, no, I think with Travis Kelsey's touchdown potential, he scored 10 touchdowns last year. Easy lock, second round. I don't really think it matters where you take him in the second round unless, you know, you just really need someone at another position. If you don't love who's available, just take Kelsey. He's going to be the most reliable tight end. Like you said, competitive advantages. He's going to give you the biggest by a mile. So I like Kelsey really anywhere in the second round. His ADP is 19 right now, but I don't think it really matters that much. Yeah. I expected it to be more 14 or 15. I know. Slid down a little bit for some reason. You've got, I want to say, in our 12-man league, you've got, what, the 10th pick? 11th pick? Something like that? I got the 10th pick. Yeah, you've got the 10th pick. So when the draft swings back around in the second round, you're going to go Kelsey, right? And that's what you're saying pretty much here. Like, I can pencil this in on my draft board. Peter's going to take Kelsey with his second-round pick? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I'm not a Absolutely big tight end not. guy. Oh, uh, okay. This is where I think he should go. I'm not a big tight end guy, man. I like to wait. I'm a running back or die type of drafter. Yeah? Yeah. All right. We'll see what Just happens. Asking. Just ask him. We'll see what happens. Okay, so outside of those three, who are you really looking to pick up? I know you said you wanted to wait. It looks like Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard, Jared Cook, Hunter Henry, those four guys are probably going to go somewhere between the fifth and eighth rounds. Yeah, I was thinking fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, somewhere in there. Really just depends on, one, what kind of league you're in, how the scoring works, and to what kind of people you're drafting with. But I like Cook a lot. I wouldn't reach on Cook and take him fifth or sixth round, maybe seventh or eighth round if he's sitting there and you need a tight end. Or if, you know, you've already drafted or are looking to draft Drew Brees, wouldn't be a bad Mm -hmm. hookup there. I like Njoku a lot. I think you can get him probably close to the 10th round. Same with Ebron. I know you got Jack Doyle there, but I like Indy. I like that offense. Andrew Luck's going to throw it around a lot. And Ebron had a great season last year. He's going to get red zone targets. Definitely. And then two guys that are not getting any love 
and I don't really get it. I mean, I kind of do, but not entirely. Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're slated to go undrafted in a lot of leagues, and that I don't understand because Jimmy Graham had a horrible season last year. But you look at Green Bay, that's going to be a completely revamped offense. Aaron Rodgers is going to be back and as good as ever. I'll take that to the bank. We're going to talk about that later. But Packers' offense is going to be one of the best in the league. They're going to run a lot of plays. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a lot of passes. And you've got Devontae Adams there, who is the clear-cut number one. And then after that, you have Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scatling. And then you have no one else. I mean, that, that's essentially it. You have, you have some other guys, some second-year guys who are decent, a uh, rookie or two who might might work their way in there and get some targets, but they really just have three wide receivers, and that's about it, and then Jimmy Graham. So I'm convinced Jimmy Graham is going to get a lot of targets. Jimmy Graham's going to have a much better season than last year. They didn't trade for him to not use him. You know, he's not a blocker. If he's in there, he's going to be out there to catch passes, not to block. You know, you'd be surprised. Jimmy Graham actually ended last season as tight end 12 in PBR scoring. And, that, you know, it's crazy. Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard were 13 and 14. They did miss some time with injury. But, but still. That's all you really need to know. Yeah, I don't get why ESPN and a lot of fantasy quote-unquote experts have these tight ends slated the way they do. I mean, O.J. Howard, yeah, I, I was huge on the guy coming out of Alabama. And when Tampa Bay took him so early... I thought his rookie year he was going to have a huge fantasy impact and the year after, and both years he kind of burnt me. So I'm staying away now, especially as the fifth overall tight end. I mean, Cameron Braid's still there. You've got Mike Evans. you got Chris Godwin. It's not like they just don't have anyone to throw the ball to, and I don't love Jameis. I mean, he, he's going to he's gonna sling it around a lot and probably have quite a few 300-yard games, but I don't, I don't love that offense. I like Mike Evans, but that's really the only guy in that offense that I can give a rat's ass about. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with your strategy. I don't think any of these tight ends will go off the board for, I don't know, probably Give me 25. one sleeper. Give me one late-round tight end that you think could just be huge. He could be He could be a league winner. He has such a good year. Oh, gosh. That's, that's tough to that's say a tight tough end. tough to say but. league winner, but <laughs> I got a couple deep sleepers. Mark Let's Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens out of Oak. Okay. Oklahoma Lamar Jackson loves this guy the coaches have been saying it this is you know young quarterbacks they like to go to tight ends early in their careers this is a guy to watch I think he's going to be one of Lamar's favorite targets all season I'm not sure Lamar can throw it more than about 10 yards down the field so he might have to be we will see but I just think Andrews is a guy who has granted all tight ends have wide receiver skills but he is kind of more like a kittle. He's wiry. You know, he's he's actually a really good athlete. I think Lamar's going to throw the ball to him a lot. He reminds me of guy, Kelsey a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Teensy tiny. Gerald Everett for the Rams. That's oh, another we're name. Going, to, we're going very deep here. Yeah, we're talking deep sleep here. Okay. That's a name to keep an, your eye on. I saw against the Chiefs last year. Is that more of a year. waiver wire guy, or is that like a last round or two snagging? Nah, he's probably not going to get drafted. That's just a name to keep your eye on. Okay, so early waiver wire guy to target or look at. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention before you give a sleeper or two, I really like what you said about Trey Burton. He was solid last season. Where'd he end? Tight end eight. 
in fantasy. Yeah, why why is he expected to make such a drastic step back and be tied in 15 or wherever the hell they have him slated? That just doesn't make any sense to me. Especially with Matt Nagy as the coach. Right, and that People offense forget, didn't change Matt Nagy much. was the offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, he's part of the reason why Travis Kelsey became such a big-time target. Yeah, that's a great point. And that offense was awesome last year. And they're bringing everyone back. It's not like much is different. I mean, they made some changes at running back, but I don't think that's going to affect Burton's targets. Yeah, before I uh, – I'm, I'm just going to stop going on because I don't want anyone to hear this, my Trey Burton thoughts. But I, that's just – that's mind-boggling that all these consensus rankings have Howard and Ingram and – Reed and Cook, all these guys so high. Stay away from Jordan Reed also. Jordan Reed, I will bet my life on it, will not play more than 10 games next season. I don't think the guy has ever played more than 10 games. He is a walking injury, great talent, but he is a walking injury. I mean, he might as well wear two boots and some slings and stuff going to practice because he's going to need him by the end of it every single day. I don't think he really even likes football that much. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. It, he's hurt every season. I've taken him before plenty of times, and I can't, I can't think of a single season where I thought, "Wow, I'm really, gl- or really glad I have Jordan Reed on my team." It's never happened ever. Yeah, yeah. You have any sleepers? No, man. I really, I don't go too deep with tight end here. Once you get past Jimmy Graham at 18, that's about where I cut it off and don't do even th- really pay attention. What do you think about your boy Blake Jarwin out of Oklahoma State? Um, 25 years old. He had some great games last year. He had a couple real great games, but I don't see him being that big of a presence in that offense. He might be okay. I mean, he might be a guy that if your tight end's on by, you know, let's say you have Kelsey or something, you pick Jarwin up on his bye week and plug him in for that game, but that's about all I see him as. Well, the last four weeks of the season, he had two seven-catch seven games, and he even had that one game against the Giants in Week he had 17. He had three yeah. touchdowns. That's not going to happen. I don't even think he'll have a two-touchdown game this season. That, that was a fluke. <laughs> I mean, go Pokes, that was great and all, but I don't see him having much value this season. So no sleepers. No, I don't, I don't go past Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton. That's where I draw the line. I don't even care to touch or look at anyone past that. Got it. Well, that's all I got on tight ends. All right, so uh, new segment I want to introduce here. Let's keep it relatively short and sweet because I have to go to work in a little bit. But uh, it's, where's the action? So let's talk some prop bets here. Let's touch on win totals for next season. I've got a few teams I feel pretty good about. I know you've got a few teams. You want to start us off here? Yeah, I'll give out my first one. I like under eight wins for the Tennessee Titans. It's minus 140 odds. I don't love that number. But what is the deal with Tennessee? How do they keep winning eight, nine, ten games? This is the year that changes. I don't know. It seems like they're mediocre every year and everyone counts them out. And then you blink. And it's the end of November, and it's like, holy shit, is Tennessee actually going to make the playoffs? And they do. Okay, well, last year they won nine games. Part of the reason for that is that the Jaguars took a major setback after going right. to the AFC Championship And they're going to be much better this season. Much, they're going to be better. much, much better with Nick Foles. 
Hopefully Leonard Fournette will be on the field the whole season. Mm, I wouldn't bank on that one, but I love Nick Foles there. And I think that defense is going to be so much better because the struggles they had last season were literally just because they were on the field three-fourths of the game and Blake Bortles would turn the ball over after two plays and they just have to go right back out there. Exactly. Doug Marone's going to be on the hot seat this year, so he's got something to prove. I really like the Jags to have a bounce-back season. Plus, you look at the Indianapolis Colts, they started the season 1-6, and six, ran the table, won nine straight. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC this season. Andrew Luck's arm will be healthier than it was last year. Look for them to be pretty consistent all season long. Then you look at the last team in the division, the Houston Texans, which I know you're going to talk about shortly. Love Deshaun Watson. Love what they've got going there. I like the Duke Johnson edition plus um, Lamar Miller. That's a solid tandem in the backfield. Kiki Kuti coming back from injury. I really like the Texans this year too. And I could see all three of those teams all getting at least to eight wins. So I don't see how a whole division is going to reach that mark. So under eight wins for the Titans when you got Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill as your starting quarterback options, it is not going to happen. They're not making the playoffs this year. Under eight wins for the Titans is a lock. Hey, it's an upgrade. Tannehill's an upgrade at backup over Gabbert. I'll tell you that. I'm not worried about upgrades at backup. I know. I was just being a smart ass. I just <laughs> wanted to throw in a Blaine Gabbert jab. Okay, what's your, I'm gonna, what's your first? I'm going to just hit you with all three of mine real quick because – None of these should be surprises for people, especially the way I've been talking. So the first one, Cardinals regular season wins at five and a half, hammer the over, plus 112. So that's essentially $100 to win 112. The Cardinals are going to win six games. They will win six, seven, or eight games. They are not going to be worse than last year, and that offense is going to be explosive. Their defense might be pitiful, and the offense might not be fantastic every game but they're going to be explosive and they're going to run a lot of plays and there's if going to be some games where they score a lot without of points. A penalty they'll be all right they, they got some time to figure it out the last preseason game scares me a little bit but i'm expecting pretty big things from kyler and he's just such a beast of an athlete they're going to be good him and kingsbury are going to figure it out and they'll be fine so hammer the cardinals over five and a half wins i think that's the best bet of all of these for me Another one I like a lot, Green Bay, over nine wins, minus 130. I don't love the minus 130. That's essentially bet $130, twin 100 for you that are gambling illiterate. But <laughs> Green Bay is going to be great. They're, they're my Super Bowl pick, man. I think Green Bay is going to have a hell of a season. Aaron Rodgers is going to have an MVP quality season, and people are going to take back all of the shitty things they've said about him and the Packers over the last two seasons. And then last but not least, you mentioned it already, Houston, I have them over eight wins, minus 109, and Houston's going to be good. There's no way they take a step back. Houston will win at least eight games. Deshaun Watson, Michael Jordan, baby, he's not going to lose. They're going to be good. The defense will be good. They're going to be healthy, hopefully. That offense has been banged up the last couple seasons. Houston will be really good this year, like you were saying. So those are my three. Cardinals over five and a half, Green Bay over nine, Houston over eight, parlay those up go to five dimes parlay them up throw your life savings on it if it misses i won't do anything for you but tell you i'm sorry but you should do that 
Green Bay over nine wins, I cannot get with at all. I don't you like You think Matt. Green Bay is going to win eight games? It wouldn't shock me. Matt LaFleur in his first year, head coach there, man, I am not sold at all. Not The sold only way the all. Packers don't win 10 games is if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Mm, okay. I love that Houston over eight, though. I think they could very, very, very easily win nine or 10 games there. I'm with you on that. Okay, good, good. Let's hear your last two here and then wrap it up pretty quick because uh, work's about to start calling my name pretty fast. Okay, I'll, I'll give you my last two and then let's do the hot minute. All right, so let's do it. So I got Broncos under seven wins. I think I like this that. is pretty safe. Minus yeah. 110. Joe Flacco, aging. Hey, man, he's an elite QB. You got to be careful. John Elway th- sure thinks so. Broncos under seven. The, if they manage to reach seven wins, it's going to be because of that defense. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller is terrifying. If they hit seven wins, that must mean the Raiders only win like two games. Yeah, and I actually think the Raiders have a lot of talent and are going to have a decent season. I, I think actually, the Raiders will be better than the Broncos for sure. Agreed. Plus, we know the Chiefs and the Chargers are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They might both sweep Denver. That's four losses. They should. They both definitely should. Yeah, and then I expect the Raiders to get one on them. That's five losses. Only need four more the rest of the year. Pretty safe. Plus, if Joe Flacco or Drew Locke is going to be the quarterback, it's just not happening this year. And then my last one. Bills over seven wins, minus 125 odds. That is a trash division. Josh Allen was the best fantasy quarterback from Week 12 on last season. Josh Allen is coming to get it done, man. Don't give me that. Sean McDermott is a decent coach. They won six games last season. Yes, he is. I'm telling you, they have never had. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next coach fired. He started Peterman. He He started Nathan Peterman and threw, what, five picks in the first half? Hey, Gruden likes him too, so maybe he's not all that crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, it's a solid defensive team. They got depth at running back to help out Josh Allen. They I mean, I agree. I think they'll be better. They pick up Cole Beasley. But Robert man, Foster and Allen developed a nice connection mm. last season. They brought in John Brown to catch those 80-yard bombs. Over seven wins? I think that's pretty safe. You're telling me they got to win two more games than they did last season? And they played they Nathan Peterman more, last year? I think they probably go six and ten, maybe seven and nine. Well, the Dolphins are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Sam Darnold is going to have some big performances, but he's also going to have a couple, like, three or four pick games. So I really like the Bills here. They're always tough at home. They always give the Patriots a run for their money in Buffalo. Over seven wins for the Bills. It's a lock. Minus 125. All right. Let's hit hot minute here real quick. Okay. It's been a minute, but we're back. Let's go. It's been a fat minute. All right. Neymar. Juve bid $110 for him and Paolo Dybala. What is that? I've had enough of hearing about Neymar in the news. Next. Best fantasy QB sleepers. Like I just said, Josh Allen, Beast, Jared Goff, fourth in passing yards last season. 
Jameis Winston with Bruce Arians. He's going to chuck that ball so many times. A lot of touchdowns coming out of Tampa Bay. Who wins the Big 12? Texas. OU, overrated. Jalen Hurts is not that good. If OU wins, it's going to be because of Spencer Rattler. Definitely agree. NBA rookie survey. Cam Reddish was voted to have the best career by all the rookies. That makes absolutely no sense. What are they smoking? Did the NBA get rid of their marijuana rules? Who replaces Boogie as Lakers center? They're working out Dwight, Joachim, Mo Spates, and Gortat. Sign Joachim Noah. Little League World Series. I hate it. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. NFL rookie with the best season. Josh Jacobs, he's going to be a monster. It's him or Kyler. I like Josh Jacobs. Can Mike Tyson knock Floyd Mayweather out? What? <laughs> He would put him six feet under. He would knock him out in the first two minutes of the first round. I would pay top dollar to see them in the ring together. Oh, I would pay everything I have, which is very little. But next one. Durbin James. Bent screw in his foot. He's going to have another procedure. He could be out four-plus months. Not good for the Chargers. Sue that doctor. Nike and Zion. Uh, report came out that Nike was trying to pay Zion when he was in high school. It doesn't surprise me at all. Everyone's doing it. It's a mess. AP preseason poll just came out. What do you like? I don't like OU at four, I'll tell you that. I don't like Florida at eight, and I don't like Notre Dame at nine. I actually laughed out loud when I saw OU at four because that's not going to happen. <laughs> there you have it, the hot minute. We're going to cover a little more Big 12 football pretty soon here. So Definitely. We're going to be diving. We did a double minute there, didn't we? We each just won a minute. Yeah, we, we did the double hot minute. It's been so long. We gave you a, a double a hot minute. About. It's been so long. Yeah, there we go. Double hot minute because it's hot as hell in Oklahoma, baby. Freaking 102 outside. We might need to do a triple one next time because it's not supposed to cool down anytime soon, I don't think. Yes, sir. All right. Take your ass to work. Yeah, I got to go like right now. It's been a pleasure, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. See ya.